0: stories here to tell feed the fire merry meat dare to more than dabble all are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble bonfire babble hey welcome to the bonfire
1: exploring magic with two modern witches i'm corey and i'm Detta. And we have a very exciting guest for you today. Look, it's Koshka. Oh
2: no you mean
1: me. <laughs> We have the lovely Deb Blake in the studio with pretty much the prettiest cat I've ever seen. Oh, uh, so a fluffy little black monster named Koshka who I want to reach through the screen and pet.
2: <laughs> yeah well he was he was feel he was not feeling it. He was like, no. No live photography yet. (laughs) And I'm done. (laughs) You
0: can go to Deb's Instagram page, though, and see all the cats. They are the star of the Instagram page. We will be talking cats today. For sure. (gasps) You're my hero. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I have to own my own house. (laughs) we have five which is why we have to own our own house (laughs) i
2: had had five five was actually my regular number for a very long time i'm trying to stay at four now four is good four four is good okay
1: speaking of your four cats uh i would love to know a little more about them their names uh their influence maybe on your on your work because i know that a lot of your books cats it's just cats. Well, cards. Know,
2: cats, cats are a big part of my life and they always have been. Although with my pagan books, like, uh, where did I have a little small stack here? So like the little book of cat magic, that was actually inspired by magic, the cat queen of the universe, who was my familiar for many, many years. Um, I lost her a few years ago, but she, she lives on in the books, which is wonderful. And uh, and so when I lost her and her brother within eight days of each other, which was pretty much, you know, as horrible as it sounds, um, I went out and I got uh, Harry Dresden, who is a black sort of panthery looking guy. Um, and then uh, about a month later, I was waiting for the girl cat to get fixed by the rescue. Um, I got Koshka, who we all met, and his sister Ember, who is... Gray with little bits of orange in her, what they call a diffuse tortie or a diffuse calico, really, hey. pretty. And then two years ago, when they were about two and you know had just come out of the terrible kittenhood, and I thought, all right, this is the safest time in my life. I know I don't want kittens. I just lived through three of them growing up. I can I can safely um, foster for the first time ever. I still had Angus, who was my my elder gentleman at that point. And I thought, okay, I have four cats. I know I don't want any kittens. So I I actually am. um, I work sometimes with one of the local rescues, superheroes in ripped jeans, who actually is featured in my current uh, fiction cozy mysteries uh, under a different guise, of course, because it's fiction. Mm. Um, But so, yeah, so I (laughs) took in this this stray mama cat and her four three-day-old kittens, and I had them in my upstairs room and, you know, went through the whole, it was like, great, I have kittens around, but I get to give them back, and the mama was very sweet, although she, you know, got out once or twice and did not get along with my cats, so I was like, okay, you know, this is going to be all right, and then they all got sick, and everybody except the one little girl kitten, you know, got ready, got, well, pretty well, you know, pretty fast, and um, and the little girl was it was tough. We thought we were going to lose her, and I actually had to like hand feed her with a dropper this slush because her nose was all stuffed up. And um, when it time came, time to return everybody to the shelter, and and her siblings all got adopted and the mama actually got adopted a little while later, which was great to somebody who had no other cats and Diana stayed because that's what we call a foster fail. Yeah. And she had apparently decided during this process that I belonged to her and as I have since discovered, there is absolutely no arguing with Little Miss Diana. Yeah, <laughs> my my housemate says that her she was named after um, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, of, as well as the goddess, of course, because she was such a little fighter. She just looked like this mousy secretary. She's a little tiger stripe thing, but she fought and fought and fought. And so her her extended name is. Uh, warrior princess Diana banana monkey monkey get down
1: that is evocative
2: (laughs) yeah you hear monkey monkey get down around here a lot because she's two now she's still full of kitten energy and she does not believe any of the rules apply to her I mean she is princess she is Yeah. yeah and luckily they all get along really well she and Harry Dresden can often be found you know snuggling up together but they all you know you will pile up, you know, from time to time. So yeah, other than the fact that they make me marginally insane, um, they're, they're (laughs) wonderful. And, you know, I can't imagine my life without cats. Mm. So, you know, that sort of spills over into all the things like, you know, the tarot deck obviously, you know, has a lot of cats in it, which is sort of ironic because Elizabeth Alba, who is my illustrator, um, has a dog. (laughs) <laughs> oh wow but there there's a dog there are a few dogs yeah. in there there, there are. are yeah
0: I, um, I we have a dog as well and i have two foster fails and my wife has said I so you understand I,
2: yeah. I do sometimes I do. it is just not under your control
1: uh, the, an animal chooses to stay with you i truly well, that, and
2: that's that's it that you know i figured out a long time ago that you know cats pick you you don't pick the cats you know and yeah. that has has seemed to have been true for me pretty much all along
1: speaking of you mentioned that your past cat was a familiar for a very long time um how how long have you been you know uh witching it up and and witching how did it you, up. and how did you you know
2: find your familiar kitty um, well, the two completely separate questions. Okay. Yeah. So how long have I been witching it up? I, um, I was trying to figure that out. It's been a long time, like 23, 24 years, maybe. Um, I'm 61 now and I came to it in my like middle to late thirties. I, you know, I, uh, was invited to, uh, you know, a, a friend's house numerous times to, you know, come, you know, hang out with this group she had. And I said, no, there's people. I don't like people. Um, thank you very much. And it sounded a little strange. Um, and, you know, one Sawin, you know, on Halloween, she said, oh, really, there's hardly anybody going to be at this one. We're going to, you know, have a feast. Then we're going to have a ritual in the park next to my house. You're going to love it. You know, just just come. And I said, okay, you know, it's a little outside my comfort zone, but fine. And her idea of hardly any people was about 30 and they were all hugging me and saying things like blessed be and merry meet. And I'm like, what the heck is happening here? And then we went out, you know, we had our, our feast and we went out to the park and cast the circle and something happened. You know, it was, you know, I had been searching pretty much for my whole life for the right path. I was, I was born Jewish. I mean, I'm still Jewish. If you're Jewish, you're Jewish. Um Uh, And, you know, I love the history and the culture, the religion with its stern father figure and, you know, sort of like women sit over there and the men sit over there. That didn't do that much for me. Um, And, you know, I went to the Unitarian church for a little while during my very brief marriage. Um, And I liked that too, but it didn't, it didn't resonate. You know, it was a little too Christian still for me. And And also more activist and less spiritual, which is fine if that's what you want, but it wasn't what I was looking for. And I studied Buddhism for a number of years and Taoism. And that was part of the the puzzle piece. And then that night I reached out and somebody reached back and there they were, you know, the God and goddess saying, well, you know, took you long enough. Uh, (laughs) And, and, you know, I realized not that I became a witch at that point, but that there was a name for the thing I had been my whole life. You know, I've always loved nature, you know, and I always, you know, was, you know, psychic and, you know, a little weird off the off the commonly tread path. And I realized that, you know, it wasn't that I was looking for something. It was that I didn't know that it existed already. And once I found it, well, you know, the rest is history.
1: <laughs> um,
0: That's an amazing origin story.
1: I love that very much. I also love that it was like a Samhain party. And I totally relate to there are
2: people there and I don't want to be where the people are. <laughs> well, it's, it, Here's the irony of the whole thing. I am essentially a fairly solitary person. I have a housemate now. She moved in during the pandemic. Luckily, she's a witch, so that worked out okay. But and she's one of my artists. She was my cat sitter. That's, you know, she 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 was already, you know, part of the gang. But I've lived alone for many years. Um, you know, I I have lots of wonderful friends, but if you look at what I do with my life, I write, which is a solitary thing. I make jewelry. I You know, read a lot. You know, most of my activities are primarily solitary. And yet it turns out I'm a group witch. Nobody was more surprised to find this out than me. I I mean, I do solitary work because, you know, pretty much every witch does solitary work. But for me, I get a lot of joy out of being with my group, sometimes going to bigger rituals with other groups. And, you know, it has to be the right mesh of people, which often it isn't. But, um, yeah, apparently for me, witchcraft is the one place where I actually like people. Go figure. That and and writers' conferences. You know, writers and witches, those are my people. And if I'm with them, I'm pretty happy.
1: Um, That actually is just the most beautiful segue I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) Um, What... You've sort of described like your practices more group, which is great, but you do solitary things. What oh, kind yeah, of advice absolutely. would you have for like new witches who are trying to decide like what what to explore and reach out for? Because um, your new book, the the um eclectic witches book of shadows, um, I imagine will have some I can't wait to get it. I, <laughs> I, I imagine first hardcover.
2: I'm so excited. I love, and, love a hardcover how beautiful this thing is. It's got oh. illustrations, it's got blank spaces where you can write down your own experiences. This this book has made me so happy. And the illustrator, Mickey Mueller, um, is just lovely. You know, she was wonderful to work with. She actually, like, I had this vision in my head that when I first talked to Llewellyn, my editor at Llewellyn, Alicia Gallo, and I said, you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I want to do a fully illustrated book of shadows, and I thought they were gonna say no because, for one thing, illustrated books are a lot more expensive to produce, and you know it was a big ask. Um, and then they were gonna to have to find just the right illustrator, and you know first they said, well, you know, let's let's think about this, and they all went off and plugged numbers and did the things that they do in the background and talked to the publisher, um, who's fabulous. And came back and went, yes. And then they said, you know, what about Mickey? And I went, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I've, I've worked with Mickey on a few things before. Um, and, you know, we know each other from online and all of that kind of thing. And I knew that she would do, I mean, I, I buy her stuff off her Etsy store. So I knew that, that her illustrations would be just perfect. And in fact, the whole thing has turned out probably better than my wildest dreams and my wildest dreams are pretty wild you know it's so so yeah that that really this is a good place to start really because there is a lot of very basic stuff um one of the reasons I wanted to write this book is because I was tired of having to whenever I did like I was going to write a spell or I was doing research for another book or something. I mean, I have some things memorized, but my memory is, and I'd be thinking, okay, well, what is the stone that was good for, you know, working on prosperity? I know this one and this one, but there was a third one. What was that? And I'd have to go searching through my own books and other people's books, you know, all of Scott Cunningham's everything. And I thought, well, what I really need is a book of shadows that has all of that stuff in one place. So I wrote it, and now everybody else can have it too. Oh, that's amazing. I that's mean, I great. Do have we have a group book of shadows, which is just basically the rituals the group has done together. We've been together since spring of 2004. So a lot of spells, wow. a lot of rituals, but it's all just put in there as we did it. So there's no filing system. I just have to go which which fall equinox did we do the spell about the thing so yeah that's that's easier so so yeah that was that was a wonderful book and as far as how to figure out which path is right for you and what things work for you and what things don't work for you as a new witch the best thing you can do is experiment safely um you know (laughs) Don't, sure. don't jump off a building and see if you can fly with that broom. No, you can't. I'm, spoiler alert. Um, but, you know, if you think you might be solitary, do some solitary things. It's always good to do things. I mean, I do plenty of, you know, prosperity work and healing work and all the rest of it on my own. Um, and if you think you might be interested in, in a group, see if you can find one locally. There are isn't always one. Um, sometimes you have to go further afield. Sometimes you have to go to like a pagan convention and you can just see what everybody's like and feel what the energy is like. Um, you know, there's, there are a few really good ones. Um, there may not be one near you. Um, and I actually am working right now um, on a book on modern cover and co- can't, i sorry, talking much. That's why I write. Okay. Modern <laughs> modern Covens um, sort of an updated version. my first book Circle Coven and Grove was based on the first year of practice for my group and it had a year's worth of new moons and full moons and you know the eight holidays and some suggestions for things. And it occurred to me that since 2004 when I started my practice and, Five when I wrote the book in 2007, when it came out, my practice has changed a lot and how my group works has changed some and how witches in general are practicing together has changed a lot. It's all, you know, there are a lot of Wiccan groups out there still, and that's great, but there are a lot of eclectic witches and there are a lot of people who are sort of making it up as they go along. And so I wanted to do something a little bit more inclusive. Um, but that's, you know, all of those things, you know, if you want to explore Wicca, first of all, there's a ton of books. Um, some of them are pretty old at this point, but, you know, the stuff that's in them is still is still viable. My old books are still good. Read those. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that is my first piece of advice is, is do your research, you know, read books if if you, yeah, well, that's exactly. You know, I, I'm a librarian's daughter. That's always going to be my happy place. Read yeah, a book. we,
0: we, uh, we talk about that a lot on the podcast. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, no, books, books are, books are my happy place. I mean, that's why I write them. That's why I read them, and I do. I mean, I read books by people besides me, both fiction and <laughs> nonfiction yeah, I spend a lot of time rereading my books. When you write a book, you got to reread it like 27 times. It gets very old. But yeah, I think do your research and you can find people online. If if you happen to live in the Bible belt and you can't find anybody to talk to, I get emails all the time from, you know, my readers who say, you know, I, I'd like to ask you a question. I don't, I don't know who else to ask. And and I'm like, okay, you know, shoot. um, You know, if it's not like a you know, sometimes they ask me questions that are really long and complicated and I have to kind of go just buy my book. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, if but if it's a short, simple question, I, I will answer it. The only thing about online witches is you don't know who people are and you need to be careful. And actually that's true of in real life witches too. Not all witches are created equal, not all groups are created equal. And what I suggest is listen to your gut and if something feels wrong to you run away uh, you know don't don't second guess yourself don't say oh but this person said these are really great people y- you know as witches we are almost all pretty intuitive and if your if your gut says well that the thing that person's telling me to do doesn't really seem quite right or Really, you're supposed to sleep with your group leader in order to get Oof, into the group. Um, Oof, <laughs> that would be a no, 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 no. Run away. So yeah, use some common sense.
0: I just want to mention Mickey Mueller is she's she's going to be she, we're going to be doing a Zoom interview with her. Obviously, uh, <laughs> because, <laughs> But we're so she she was one of my when I when I first came out as a witch in '98. I discovered the witch's almanacs and oh all yeah. Those and she was one of the first people i read and i i so i'm very excited when i saw the two of you were working together i just like it thrilled my little heart and i've also shopped at her etsy shop
1: well speaking of you know your new book which is sort of an interactive fun eclectic guide book of shadows situation uh you also write a lot of fiction novels when did when did you first dive into fiction writing
2: well, I actually started out with fiction before nonfiction. If you count the novel that I wrote in sixth grade math class when I was supposed to be learning math. Um, I do. So, I count it. I do count that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I've always wanted to write fiction and, you know, I'd sort of, you know, send things out and then they'd get rejected and I'd run away and hide and then I'd send things out and I'd, yeah. And... While I was in the process of going, oh, I'm never going to finish a book ever, I, um, you know, started my group and started practicing witchcraft. And the idea for my first book came to me in in one of those, the gods are telling you to do this kind of ways. So I you know, started the book, sent it to Llewellyn. They loved it, you know, said they wanted to buy it. And, you know, I wrote that and and I finished it. And then I said to myself, well, you no longer have the excuse that you can't ever finish a book. So now I guess you better finish that novel. And (laughs) so I went back to seriously working on the fiction. At the time I wrote Circle, Covenant, Grove, I was not actually intending to have a nonfiction writing career. I thought, oh, I just wrote this one book. Now, mind you, the Eclectic Witch's Book of Shadows is book number 13, 12 of which are from Llewellyn and one of which is from uh, St. Martin's Press. So yeah, apparently, as usual, I was wrong. But but in the meanwhile, I thought, oh, well, you know, I, I guess I'll I'll write this novel. And so I wrote a novel based actually on a short story that had been published in a joint. Llewellyn and BBI Media Project, actually BBI Media, which pushes, puts out Witches and Pagans and Sage Woman, and at the time had, I think, a third magazine, went in with Llewellyn on a anthology of pagan fiction, short a sh- anthology of short pagan fiction. And I wrote this very fun short story about a witch cop who was in a world that was slightly different than ours, but very familiar. And when I sat down to write a novel, I thought, well, you know, I can, I can write something, you know, based on that short story. And uh, so, you know, I uh, I sent. well, actually that wasn't the, that was the third one. So the first book, yeah. I, I wrote a different book about a different witch, sent that out for about two years, got a lot of rejections, like 67 from uh, agents because that's I was sending to agents and um, wrote a second book um, which I sent out to very specific agents who I liked and who had said they they were good rejections mostly um, yeah. and didn't get anywhere with that went to a, a writer's convention took a, a class with a really great writer and and figured out some things wrote this third book which was the one that was based on the short story sent it out, to, uh, an agent got a yes. So, you know, after two years of, of doing what they call querying, I had an agent and then we couldn't sell that book. So I wrote a couple more books and we finally sold, um, the Baba Yaga series, you know, dangerous, wickedly dangerous and, Wickedly Powerful and Wickedly Wonderful, which were all about these Baba Yaga witches who were modern versions of the Russian fairy tale, which is um, way, way more like cool and kick-ass and pretty because they they're paranormal romances. So there was there was a romance. And and you know, that was sort of the start of that. And I did a, Berkeley, who's the people who published the Baba Yaga series, did eventually actually pick up that book that I had gotten my agent with and they put that out as an ebook along with two others in that series. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun writing about witches and then the market for books about witches sort of went away. The paranormal romance and urban fantasy um, was not a big thing. And so now I'm writing cozy mysteries with no witches in them at all but there are cats and dogs, so it's okay.
0: <laughs> How in the okay, I still see cat. This is why I'm having such a hard time. But so I'm gonna really dive into your urban fantasy work.
2: I am so excited, I can hardly say. It. But it is it's a it's a tricky industry. I I'm very grateful for Llewellyn because they have been absolutely staunch with me. And I've worked with the same editor all along and almost always the same production editor, which is the person who does the editing later on. So, you know, I've got my gang and and they're fabulous. And Llewellyn in general has been a real joy to work with. So, oh, wow. you know, that at least has been a consistent part of my career.
1: I feel like that's what we kind of keep hearing about Llewellyn is that they're great.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting thing because when I first started writing for them back in, you know, the dark ages of 2005, there were some mixed feelings. There were people who had had some bad experiences, they they had a a very extensive change of who was in charge and what was, you know, the way they were doing things. And you know, I think they saw that they had made not mistakes, but maybe, you know, had, had put their focus in some places that, you know, they wanted to switch it to something else. And I think that the books that they're putting out these days are, are really great quality and they are wonderful to work with. I mean, you will, you will hear stories from people who don't agree. Uh, my Mm -hmm. own personal experience is the only one that I can speak to. And, you know, I'm, I'm as happy as a witch in a broomfield, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know Mortellus has enjoyed working with them. I think she's on her second or third book with yeah. them.
1: Speaking of books that kind of were a journey or were um, an interesting experience, uh, you wrote a book that was a 365 day living witchcraft book. Oh, yeah. That is an enormous undertaking. What inspired you to do that? And like, what was it like to create that?
2: Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's called A Year and a Day of Everyday Witchcraft. It's actually 366 ways to witchify your life because I had to make it a year and a day um, to get that sort of a Wicca thing. Um, Sure. And one of the things that inspired me, honestly, is that I love 365 day books. You know, I have like 365 Days of Goddesses and, you know, a, a few other like witchy kind of ones. And one of the things that's so nice about them is if you're really busy or if you're a person who's not really a reader, they're accessible. You only need a little bite at a time. They're, I tell people they're great to put in the bathroom. Because you know, you always have like two minutes. You're hanging around with nothing to do, and you can just read that one page for the day. And it also is nice if you follow the year, wheel of the year, which I do. Um, then you know you can look at whatever day you're on. What's today? September. Well, today, when we're recording this, I don't know what day it'll be when it when it's actually broadcast. But today is September the fourth. And I wrote about wine and mead. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, during harvest time, you know, those are those are some of the things that you drink. So, you know, there are some days that are very specific to the actual day. And then there are some sort of general things that seemed appropriate to wherever I put them. But that was really part of it was that I like that kind of book. And I, I try and write the kind of books I would want to read because sort of silly not to. There's not much point in reading, you know, some book that I'd go, oh, well, this is a piece of crap. Never mind.
0: Especially as you said, you have to read yours over and over and over, over again. and over and over. Yeah. I stuff.
2: mean, the, the yeah. whole process, you know, as you write it, you have to reread it as you're editing it. And then it goes to your editor and she asks you to change things. So you have to read through for her things. And then it goes to the production editor or copy editor, depending on what they call it and you have to reread it for those edits and then there's the proof edits where you have to read really slowly and carefully so you don't miss any boo-boos again spoiler alert you will (laughs) (laughs) even when five people have had eyes on a book over and over and over again there are still you're gonna miss something but hopefully it won't be anything mm, yeah. big and obnoxious um one of my great joys
1: is is spotting typos in published works i enjoy it very much because i'm like ooh, that one got missed by like a dozen yeah
2: people. <laughs> yeah no it's seeing it makes me twitch <laughs> As an author, I'm like, oh, oh no, I'm so sorry. Ah. And I, it makes me twitch when I read other people's books because I know they're sitting at home going, ah, how did we miss this? Yeah. So that's how I ended up writing that. Um, and it it was there was a lot of research. Most of my books are not particularly research heavy because they're sort of like, well, this is what I do and how I do it. And occasionally, yeah, I have to go look up what stone I use because I can't remember, but I'm not reading a whole lot of other books or you know looking at things. This one, you know, I was, you know, some of it was just, you know, my brain and some of it was like, you know looking up a, a goddess to you know see who's who was on a particular day and things like that. Um, and actually, ironically, the little book of cat magic, very research heavy. I mean, goodness knows I have a house full of cats, but I was looking at things <laughs> like mythology and the gods associated with cats and history of cats and, you know, all sorts of little interesting factoids and poems and, you know, all of this stuff. So that was actually probably the most research heavy book I ever did. Cats. They're always you- causing trouble. <laughs>
0: they're worth every Do minute you, uh- of it.
1: Do you think you'll ever do another 365 day book? Um, Probably
2: not. I tend not to repeat things in part because Llewellyn doesn't want to buy the same book from the same author. They want sure. you to do something new. Although yeah. after 13 books on witchcraft and modern paganism, I'm so starting to run out of ideas. So I might be like, okay, can I write part two of this one? <laughs> or, you know, yeah. I, you know, I don't know.
0: I I have that one and I and I do use it, but it's been a couple of years now. And as a as a person who spends my money on books, Llewellyn, I would tell you that I would absolutely buy another one because although I forget some of them, some of them start to become familiar and I'm like, I want something new this day.
2: Well, you know, feel feel free to start a write-in campaign for everybody, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, another year in a day of everyday witchcraft. <laughs> I could do that. I, it actually would be fun to, you know, change things up a little bit. I mean, Llamas is still gonna be Llamas, but I could write something right. different about it. Um, right. I suppose. So yeah, I mean that it's honestly it never even occurred to me because I knew I'd already written it, but that is an interesting thought. I mean, certainly some authors have Series of books. And I have, you know, my Everyday Witch. There was the Everyday Witch um, A to Z. And then there was the Mm -hmm. Everyday Witch A to Z spell book. And then there was the uh, Everyday Witch Book of Rituals. Um, mm. which was not an ADZ because that would have just been silly. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, that is sort of a trio of books that while each one stands on its own, it was sort of a continuation of this idea and my same style. So I don't know. Uh, uh, it's worth thinking about. It would It would be fun. And I'm open to any I... other bright suggestions too because, you know. <laughs>
1: All I know is I am stoked about your new book.
2: Um, oh, i so excited. It
1: looks, and now having seen a little sneak peek of how beautiful it is, like, in real life, in 3D. Yeah. Uh... I'm I'm even more excited to jump on that. Yeah, and, and and people get that book. seem
2: to be responding pretty well. I mean, there seems to be a fair amount of excitement about it, which is great. I guess there were enough pre-orders that they ordered another print run, which is exciting. Um, that's so great. It is. Yeah, that's pre-orders <laughs> yeah. are the author's friend. Uh, you know, if you if you know you're going to buy a book and you can pre-order it, it it tells the publisher that people really want it and makes the author look really good, um, which is what we all want. Um, and you can even, like, <laughs> if you, if you you know, don't want to use Amazon, I mean, first of all, you can pre-order from Llewellyn.com directly. And you can also go to your local independent bookstore, if you're lucky enough to have one, or your local pagan store that carries books, and they can pre-order it for you. You know, you don't necessarily have to, to do it, you know, yourself. Yeah, the only problem with pre-orders is, What we're running into with this book and what I've seen from another, you know, a bunch of author friends that I have right now, because of the pandemic, there's a huge delivery issue. Mm. You know, the Mm -hmm. trucks don't have enough truckers and things are not getting shipped from wherever they're getting shipped from. So this book is supposed to come out September 8th. That's my big release day. Yay. Except it hasn't landed in their warehouse yet. You know, oh. as, of, as of today, as far as I know, I mean, it could have shown up Friday afternoon, but um, so what's going to happen is all the people who've pre-ordered, say from Amazon, they're going to get a message saying, well, it's not quite ready yet. And the people who've pre-ordered from Llewellyn, they're actually going to get it first because once it gets into their warehouse, they can send it out right away when they send books to say Amazon, then Amazon has their own process and it takes, you know, two or three or four weeks for things to get put in their system and then mailed out. So yeah, I'm afraid to say the book is going to be a smidge late, not horrendously late, but, and it's still coming. It's just yeah on a slow boat from China, probably.
1: And I've no doubt. I've no doubt. It'll be worth that wait. I hope so.
0: I sincerely
2: hope so. Um, and I did order directly from Llewellyn, so I'm very happy. Now. Oh, so yeah, so you're <laughs> going to be one of the first people who gets it because they they will be sending it out to the people who ordered from Llewellyn first because they can do that. So, and then they will That's be sending it. me a box of my author copies. At which point, I will start probably doing a couple more giveaways, which because I'm like I'm a big I'm a big giveaway person. I I like mm-hmm. to uh, you know. I mean, you have to promote your books. That's one of the things as an author. You have to go, ooh, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. But you want to try and find ways to be subtler about it than buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, which after a while gets really boring. So yeah, I like to do giveaways, but then it's fun and it's exciting. And then I get to find all kinds of cool swag to give away with the books.
1: Wow. We love a giveaway. Oh, we
2: love a giveaway around here. I bought these cool handmade little books, paper books, from one of the artists who is at my shop. And uh, so I'm going to give away like a cool pen and a cool little book to write in in case people don't want to write in their actual Book of Shadows, although we have it set up so you can do that. So That's so cool. Yeah, and I'll probably put like a few of them up on Etsy. I usually, you know, have like signed books up on on my etsy but then also like a signed book with a fun gift pack if you want to give it as say a yule gift which would be a really great idea i'm just saying
0: so follow deborah on instagram go to her website go to her i I, i'm gonna embarrass myself because i thought i had uh followed you everywhere i possibly could you have an etsy shop
2: I do have an Etsy shop oh and I have God. a Patreon. So how did I not? Oh,
0: and it, I am in love with Patreon. But yeah, well, then
2: came. you can go follow uh-huh. me there. Well, <laughs> here's the easy thing. If people want to know where I am and they want to be able to find yeah. it without having to memorize 47 addresses, if they go to my website, which is deborahblakeauthor.com, all the links are there. The links for my awesome. Patreon, the links for my Etsy, for Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and my on my blog, which these days is sort of languishing quietly in a corner. But <laughs> but that is where I do giveaways because it's easiest to do it from there. So okay. so you'll you'll want to know where that is too. Um yeah, yeah just just go to my main website and it'll also have links to all the books so you can take a peek at them and see which ones look most exciting to you and you know and the of course the tarot deck and the the oracle are on there too
0: your tarot deck when i finally started revisiting and committing to tarot i bought your deck and it lived like under my pillow Aww. for years. I'm not joking. I love that deck so much.
2: Yeah. Now we, you know, I've got the the Everyday Witch tarot deck and then uh and I worked with a fabulous illustrator for that too. I've been very lucky with my illustrators. Elizabeth Alba did those amazing amazing illustrations and we worked together for like 2 years. I would send her the description of what I wanted the card to look like and she'd do a sketch and she'd send it back and I'd go that's great, can you change Aww. this? And and uh, it it was a labor of love, and labor being the wow. operative word. Oh, but wow. it turned out again better than my wildest dreams. It it's really wonderful. And what I wanted to do, because I've been reading tarot for many years professionally, it was sort of funny because I got an email from the tarot person at um, Llewellyn that said, "Yeah, you know, we." We love the style of your books, that sort of conversational, relaxed, you know, accessible style. Would you be interested in doing a tarot deck? And do you know anything about tarot? And I went, well, actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'd been using the Rider Waite deck, you know, the the pretty colorful mm-hmm. one. But, you know, that uh, all the people who have thousands of decks, I admire you. I have one. I had one deck. You know? and, a, and a few that I got because I loved the illustrations, but that I didn't mm-hmm. really use. And now, now, of course, I use mine because it's sort of required. Um, but I wanted to make it a little bit more accessible because one of the women in my group kept trying to learn tarot. And the Rider weight deck was just a little too archaic in its language and its pictures. And she just couldn't connect with it. So I kept her in mind the whole time I was writing this. I wanted it to be something wow. that she could pick up and say, Oh, I can connect with this. I can, I, I understand this. And, you know, Elizabeth and I worked on it. It, it was wonderful. And we, you know, we're so proud of it. And we're so pleased with, you know, the way everybody really loves it. I mean, it's just I been it. great, but we did make one epic, epic error, which people called us on. Yeah. Um, if you look at your deck. I was really focusing on trying to be inclusive as far as gender image. You know, I wanted people to say, okay, here's some women, here's some men, here's some, you know, any, anybody I can put my, you know, my own feelings on. And I forgot to be inclusive in other ways. And Elizabeth forgot to be inclusive in other ways. And everybody's white. Everybody (laughs) is white. And we got some, very polite and lovely emails and messages saying, "I love your deck, I just wish I could see myself in it." And we both hit our heads against the wall repeatedly and 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 the folks at Llewellyn didn't catch it either. It was, you know, and really, if you look at most decks, they probably are mostly white, but that if we had thought about it, which that's our white privilege speaking right there. We didn't think about it. So when we did the Oracle deck together, that gave us the opportunity to fix our boo-boo and it is full of color and different shapes and different genders and gender identities. And, you know, it was, in some ways, even more of a joy because we knew that we were really getting it right this time. I mean, it doesn't take away from the Everyday Witch Tarot that we made this error, but we owned it. We apologized. We made it better. And, you know, that's, I think, all that you can do when you mess up.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, how exciting that you're talking about it, at least, and owning it. So that's really cool. Well, you know...
2: It is something I do, I do bring it up because I think there are, you know, a a few people wrote to us. There were clearly a bunch of people who didn't, who probably had the same thought and they haven't necessarily stumbled across the Oracle deck. Um, And, you know, I want people to know a, that we were aware and b that, that we, you know, did our best to repair our mistake. She paints an actual painting for each one of these, those cards are original, paintings, which then she digitally does things with. Yeah. So that's why it took two years or close to two years, because she had to do uh, you know, what is it? 76 cards? 78, I always forget it's se- 76. Se- yeah, 78, yeah. 78 individual full paintings. It, you know, it, it's amazing. And actually if you go to her yeah. Etsy store, there are a few that you can actually buy the originals of still. I have one. She, when we finished the project, she sent me one, which was amazing. Um, but she also has prints of them. And and so, yeah, if you if you fall in love with the Everyday Witch Tarot and you love the pictures, you can actually buy a print from her and hang it on your wall. Wow. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. So information sorry.
0: for do to know. Uh, I'm on the internet right now. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> typing in Elizabeth. Yes, it's Elizabeth oh.
2: with an S. But yeah, we're a dangerous bunch. We've got all sorts of goodies one way or the other between, you know, Mickey's shop and and Elizabeth's shop and my shop. And of course, you know, Llewellyn.com has all the books and the decks and, and you can find them everywhere. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're in stores They're you know, and I love it when people send me pictures of, the books or the decks in the wild when they find it at a bookstore (laughs) in some random place and they'll take a picture and they'll, you know, send it to me, you know, like put it up on Twitter or whatever. That makes my little author heart so happy.
1: I bet they'll get it at the frame shop at
2: Yeah. Oh, we
0: have uh, just FYI for all you Seattleites and specifically West Seattleites. I don't know what wonderful thing has happened, but it's amazing. Our little local Northwest art and frame where I get almost everybody gifts. (laughs) I do. I walked in the other day because, you know, we didn't go in for quite a long time, but, you know, and they're really great about masks and stuff. They have a whole section of witchy stuff right in yep. the middle oh my of the store right in the it middle you walk it. in
1: and it's like shoop
0: right there that's yeah so it's so cool. like, they are not joking around and and this is i mean okay seattle's pretty liberal but still for still. a northwest art and frame store that is not a witchy it's not edge it's not of not circle a, yeah it's not a oh. metaphysical store at all no that's like not cool. at all Yeah. So we'll make sure uh, they have all of liminal 11 stuff in there right now. And we should, we'll talk about you, Deb. I'll make sure you get in there. Yeah.
1: And, and speaking of like real life storefront places, you
2: mentioned that you run an artist co-op. I do. Yes. For it, it'll be 22 years this October. That's my day job. Yeah. I, you know, I don't survive on my writing income. Don't be silly. Um, Yeah, that's. I am the co founder, executive director, and manager of a place called the Artisans Guild in Oneonta, New York, which is upstate. We're about a half an hour from Cooperstown, if people know where that is. Um, And uh, yeah, we've got about 50 local and regional artists. Yeah, we've got potters, we've got people who do stained glass, we've got jewelry makers, including me, because I actually started out as a jewelry maker before I became an author. I make, you know, wow. like gemstone jewelry, um, some of which is in my Etsy shop, just saying. Um, but yeah, so this, we have this very cool grassroots thing, which is, you know, I'm literally the only paid employee, if you can call me being paid. Um, and Everybody else has to put in a few hours in order to be a member. So the place is always manned or womaned by one of the artists. Um, and we've got, you know, a great variety of stuff. It's all local. And, um, you know, it's, again, sort of a labor of love. You know, I I, I could have gotten a real job with, like, benefits and crap. Um, but our town, uh, but our town really needed to have some place like that because there were no <gasps> places that uh Oh, I think she found the website. This onyx chunk. What's the name? Of oh, necklace. Oh, oh my. Yeah. Oh no, she found my Etsy oh. store. We're spir- spiraling down, everyone. We're spiraling down, and we're yeah, taking you. Yeah, it's the it's a rabbit hole. I'm sorry. That's quite all right. Oof. Yeah. Do you want to hear something just, funny? My oh, magical yes. name is Onyx. Oh, hey. So there you go. I don't really use it you know. much anymore. But back in the the days of my first group, that yep, that was it, that was my my magical name i love that yeah well oh, um, you know i'm wow. a tourist so i'm all about the rocks my my you yeah. want to talk about obsessions books cats and rocks i have gemstones and crystals and just like rocks i've picked up on the beach oh, when i visit my, my family goodness. in san diego and there's just rocks everywhere
0: wow. spell kit wooden <sighs> box you
1: can't see it but to my right is my altar space And it just kind of looks like a (laughs) geologist
2: like dream over there. Nope. I, I absolutely get it. Yeah. I keep telling myself that I don't need any more. And then, and the worst thing is I have friends, the, a couple, the woman is actually coming to my group periodically now and they just opened a gem store like a half an hour from my house. And, uh, yeah, it's just like obscenely wonderful and nice. Um, it, it's they, they also have an Etsy store, Sun, Moon, and Earth. Oh, yeah, they're Sun, this Moon, and Earth. And they are also on Instagram and they're on Facebook and all that. But yeah, Sun, Moon, and Earth. Oh. And they have got the best, you know, they've got a really good feel for the stones. So... You know, like when you buy things online, sometimes you're like, uh, I don't know if I'm, you know, you get it and you're like, oh, this is a nice piece of rock, but it's not, it doesn't do it for me. I literally can walk around that store for an hour and go, I need that one. I need that one. Oh no, I need that one. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 they are, you know, they do have like witchy things. They've got a bunch of books and decks and because they're, they're local and they know me, they've got all of my signed books and decks and things. So. Wow. But yeah, wow. if you if you went there you would probably just, you know, bring a sleeping bag, move in and never leave. I'm just saying. <laughs> say goodbye That's to my how, paycheck for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: I'm so like here, give me, I'll give you my direct deposit and uh, <laughs> I actually go. sort of
2: say that at the Artisans Guild because I'm always buying things there too. It's a really dangerous store, you know, a pottery and, you know, somebody brings in a new cool vase or something and I say, "Okay, which artists are getting my paycheck this month?"
0: You know, I have a garden, and I happen to love top ramen, so I think I'm okay for a while. I, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I can, I can. Oh, do yeah, this. No, I,
2: I actually was out this morning harvesting potatoes, onions, and carrots. So, yeah, I don't oh. need to, I don't need to buy any food. I can just buy yeah, stones and books. Go. Exactly. On the subject exactly.
1: of, on the subject of potatoes, onions, and carrots, tell me you're doing like. A roast or like a veg- veggie roast. I don't know. You're you I
2: actually know. do no. I, I I am a former vegetarian who eats some meat. I try and do it in moderation. I try and have real appreciation and respect for the sacrifice the animals have made. But I have some health issues. And you know, there was a point where my body basically said, I'm sorry, I need meat. And so I try I try if I can to get locally raised, humanely raised. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't eat it a lot. But yes, I I do occasionally make a roast and I do just love like at this time of year I'm eating salads till they come out my ears and I just yeah. throw whatever cool things I happen to have in the salad. You know, one of the things I love about having a garden is I can walk out there and clip fresh herbs, you know, the basil, oh. parsley, dill, and some of them get dried for magical work and some of them get eaten. Some of them are used for medicinal things. I've got calendula growing out there, um, but yeah, that's that's the thing that when everything dies back, I miss the fresh herbs the most. Yeah. The ones from the grocery store are not are nice, but they're not the same as in my garden. So
1: my herb garden is by necessity
2: indoors,
1: and I'm really
2: hoping I can keep it thriving through the winter. Yeah, well, I'm actually. I'm, I have a mudroom, which is like where the washer and the dryer and you know, it's the entrance to the house. It's also the airlock. So the cats can't get out because my cats <laughs> don't go outside. Um, and I'm replacing the windows that are in there that I've had my house for almost 20 years and they were broken when I got the place mm-hmm. and they don't open. They're just, you know, one layer of glass kind of thing. And my plan, my theoretical plan is when I get the new windows in and I'm redoing the space I'm going to have my handyman put a couple of shelves across them on brackets so that I, too, can have an indoor herb garden. I can't do it inside the house because my cats, um, well, let's just say if it's growing, they're going to pull it on the floor and they're going to kill it. I have one living spider plant left. (laughs) One. One. It's very sad. And I love plants, but yeah, this particular bunch of little beasties is more destructive than the last batch was, and I have not <laughs> as yet figured out a way to, you know, have plants survive in the house, so I'm hoping to have some in the mudroom that I can go out and like inhale in the winter, because in upstate New York, it when it's winter, it's really it's winter. winter. winter.
0: Yeah. So it's beautiful up there
2: though. Absolutely it is. beautiful. It it's we you know and I love the four seasons. Well, except fall when it's ragweed season and the summer when it's too hot and the spring when I'm allergic to everything else. All right. So I mostly I mostly love the seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I love oh, the aspects of the seasons. Sure. Yeah, you know, you'd think for a nature worshipping pagan that nature would be kinder back to me, but it is not. <laughs> It is. Right? It is really quite rude to me.
0: Allergy stuff just like picks indiscriminately.
2: No, they just don't care. The allergies don't care. Yeah, no, allergies yeah, don't, they don't care. care. They're they're an equal opportunity torturer. Yep. They totally and, are. And I can't take anything, so I just snuffle a lot. And and of course, you know, during this particular time period, you cough and you snuffle, and people look at you very funny. I'm like, no, no, it's yeah. ragweed. I swear. I swear, I'm not sick. Have you tried the honey can. thing? I have, but I may not have tried it for long enough. The local, yeah, they do say yeah. that if you eat local honey, like a spoonful a day, my, my housemate said it took two years for it to work for her. And I'm like, that's a lot of honey. Ooh, that, I mean, of Although honey. we do have a local person who sells it at my store, so I can get it. But I, you know, I like, I like my sweet in the form of dark chocolate, which is not like super, super sweet or ice cream possibly. But yeah, a spoonful of honey is very sweet and I have not as yet been able to stick it for long enough to find out if it will really be effective.
1: Uh, As a person who also can't take allergy medicine, I empathize entirely.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Oh,
1: Corey, I'm so sorry. It's an itchy, itchy time to be alive. Um, (laughs) It is. I mean, we could probably talk to you for the rest of the day, but, you know, we want to honor your time (laughs) and say a humongous thank you for sharing your time with us and being so fun and open and just, like, rad to talk to.
2: Um,
1: I try. Is there anything else that you would like to, like, shout out or
2: uh, call out? What have
1: got going on right now? Um,
2: well, I mean, obviously I'm just preparing for the release of the eclectic witches Book of Shadows, yeah. which I believe everyone should have. I mean, <laughs> even people who are not witches, buy it for your grandmother. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, that's that's my big my big focus right now. And then in uh November, my second cozy mystery is coming out, which is uh yeah, the first one is called Forbidden Fatality. Fur, F-U-R. They make you come up with titles with little puns in them. It's not my fault. I'm just saying. And then the, the one that's coming out in November is called Doggone Deadly. Uh, so, so yes, people should run out and check out that series. I I think they'll like it. There's there's a little humor in it because there's a little humor in everything I write. You can tell from the way I talk that I'm, yeah. I, I believe that a good sense of humor is, you know, an a survival tool frankly that (laughs) that chocolate and a glass of wine and some cats that's pretty much my whole (laughs) plan right there in a nutshell i love
0: that that's a good plan and i i want to indulge in that plan this evening i might have to Uh, oh well thank you so much this has just been an absolute joy it's uh I swear sometimes we started this podcast so that we could meet the people we've been fans of for a very long time.
2: (laughs) I I think uh, that sounds perfectly reasonable. One of the, one of the unexpected benefits of becoming a published author was that I got to become friends with some of the authors I've been stalking Mm. online for years. (laughs) I did not realize that would happen, but, you know, when you meet up at conferences and you're you're sitting in the bar with your glass of wine, you get to talk to them. And some of them discover they actually like you in real life. And it's very cool. So when we're back to traveling again, yes. I hope
0: you come to the Pacific Northwest Writers Conference and uh, I'll see you there.
2: I, so, I have never been to point. that one, but I have heard many good things about it. Many, many good things about it. So you never know they're good yeah. people traveling um, and yeah. traveling conventions um you know i yeah. look forward to the days when we get to get back to occasionally seeing people in person with no masks on <sighs> me, same. Too. me too same me too well, oh. hey,
0: have a great week. This this is going to drop. If you're hearing it when it first comes out, it is September 15th. And I hope that you, if you haven't already pre-ordered Deborah's book, that you'll go do that right now. Or maybe it's out. Maybe the they supply chain is there and crossed. it'll be in your local store. So go check that out and and, yeah, enjoy.
1: And thank you again,
2: Deb. Thanks for
1: having me.
0: All right, our sparks today are Deb Blake.
2: Everywhere, Heck go
1: yes. to her,
0: go to her website, uh, go to I, her Etsy shop, which I happen to be on right now. Is it's very hocus? Good. It's hocus pocus. Deborah Blake, hocus pocus. It's quite good.
1: Um, and if you haven't yet, I highly recommend that you order her new book, uh, "The Eclectic Witch." I'm uh, so excited about it. It's so good. It's gonna be
0: so good. Um, I downloaded Forbidden Fatality. <laughs> I'm gonna start listening tonight. That's so exciting.
1: Let me know yeah. how it is. Um, yeah, we just wanna, you know, shout out, sing the praises of uh, Deb's website. It has links, like she said, to everything
0: down yeah. the right hand side. So please go check that out. She has so many books. <laughs> Everyday Witch. It comes as a complete set on her Etsy shop, and I want to encourage the Etsy shop because it's not Amazon. Not <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Witch, Everyday Witch A to Z, Everyday Witch A to Z spell book, Everyday Witch Book of Rituals, uh, and then her Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga series. Those titles and and you can get a signed set, are wickedly dangerous, wickedly wonderful, and wickedly powerful. Heck yes, yeah. Uh,
1: I'm super interested in that series. Um, I, am I think too. the Baba Yaga's very very fascinating to me.
0: And just to tell you a couple more of her books: Veiled Magic, Veiled Menace, Veiled Enchantments. Dangerously charming, dangerously divine, dangerously fierce, dangerously divine, again, driven. Sorry, um, my (laughs) dyslexia there. (laughs) It happens. Yeah. There are so many. And her nonfiction, Circle, Coven Grove, Everyday Witch, Agency, I already mentioned. The Goddesses in the Details. Really great book. Uh, I have that one. Witchcraft on a Shoestring. For those of us who have been, and maybe again, who know, and for those of you who are right now, (laughs) witches on a shoestring, witchcraft on a shoestring, The Witch's Broom, Midsummer, A Year and a Day of Everyday Witchcraft, which I already talked about, we talked about during the episode, Everyday Witch Tarot Mini, The Everyday Witch Oracle, and of course, her tarot, which she talked about as well. And I loved how honest she was about that. It is pretty white. Uh, yeah,
1: and I'm glad that they addressed that. Um, I am too. That's important. We move, we grow. So uh, there you that's go. one of the beautiful things about tarot now is that it's it's becoming uh, an outlet for artists <sighs> to express what they want seen and yeah. how they want to be seen in media, and I think that's really great.
0: And so much more inclusive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited for Shin- what Shanique was into for her deck to be done. It's, it's going to be good. I'm just so excited. It's going to be real good. There are a lot of decks out there, yeah, that yeah. that are inclusive and doing that. And I'm excited to check out the Oracle because I don't have it. And I, I have spent my book budget for the month of September, I but it's going on my list it's for October. Only the fifth. <laughs> it's only the fifth when she's done that. I know. I know. Yeah. But there were so many good books, and I am putting myself on a budget, or I would – my credit cards would just be – you know, charged up. I have similar problem. Yeah. A
1: similar problem. I get you.
0: Yeah. So that's it for that's it. our Sparks today. It's all about Deb.
1: It's all about Deb. Oh, mm-hmm. and I just want to say a shout out to my friend. You know who you are, who mm-hmm. got us in touch with Deb in the first place. I'm not going to say your name because I haven't asked you if I can, but you're a rad human being. You're one of my favorite human beings, and we can never thank you enough for being so cool.
0: Thank you, Corey's friend. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Uh,
1: but that's it for us. So until mm-hmm. next time, be well. Harm none. And don't forget.
0: You are magic. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing terrific. <sighs> Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And we'd like to ask you to rate and review us on Apple Podcast,
1: And to press the little plus sign on Spotify to add us to your episodes.
0: You can also find us on iHeartRadio and just about anywhere where you listen to podcasts. But if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can email us at Bonfire Babble Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter or just ask us questions and hang out.
1: You can catch us on Twitter at Bonfire Babble or on Facebook at Bonfire Babble Podcast or on Instagram
0: at Bonfire Babble Podcast, which is where we spend most of our time. Yes.
1: We are also, hooray, on TikTok now at Bonfire Babble Podcast. Thank
0: you, Corey. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh,
1: it's a little baby page right now, but we are recording things and putting them up
0: and our website will also start to have a lot more information and that is bonfirebabble.com
1: you can also reach out to us in a more tangible way we have a p.o box now which is p.o box 16341 seattle washington 98116
0: we would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of seattle
1: the Duwamish people past and present and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information, reach out to realrent.org.